The following program is paid for by Life Conference Suite. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to feed the hungry, lift up the downtrodden, do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly before God to proclaim the good news that Jesus saves. Welcome to Jesus Saves Ministries Live, the ministry that dares to declare to the utmost Jesus saves from the penalty, the power, and soon the very presence of sin. And now, here's your host, the founder of Jesus Saves Ministries, Minister Angela Lee Price. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to another edition of Jesus Saves Ministries Live. I am your host, Minister Angela Lee Price. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you for watching my Facebook Live. Uh, please go and tell someone that we're on the air. Tell them Jesus saves. Uh, well, uh, sisters and brothers, we have made it. We have made it. And this is a day of rejoicing. If you see my post on Facebook, it is indeed a day of rejoicing because we are at the very end of the Sunday school book for uh, the year 2019-2020. All right. Uh, we're very at the very end, and so uh, we have made it all the way through 52 lessons, and uh, we're happy to have you with us today uh, for our concluding lesson in the book of James. Uh, we're in the book of James, and the uh, lesson is entitled, Two Kinds of Wisdom. Two Kinds of Wisdom, James chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 18, and uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 12. And I have a guest in the studio. Hello. Uh, and his name is Reverend Adrian Baker. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. It is uh, good to make your acquaintance. Yes. Uh, as I understand, you are fairly new to the city. Well, I can't say fairly new. I'm reacquainted to the city. I'm a Louisville native, uh, but I have been away uh, for 13 years in Atlanta okay. uh, and then have relocated back last year in May. All right. And we've been hitting the ground running. Okay. And, and tell us where you serve. I serve at Christway Missionary Baptist Church, uh -huh. uh, where Pastor Thomas Baker is my pastor. Uh -huh. First Lady Attorney Wanda Baker is my First Lady. Baker. 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 <laughs> so they are your relatives. Parents. parents. Those are my parents. All right. Well, praise God. Praise oh, God. So you're a PK? PK. Uh, on the rise. Church boy to my core. <laughs> And I don't know about on the rise, but yeah. I'm, I'm a PK yeah, no, for my You court. are on the rise. You know, when I'm, I'm looking at your bio, and it says uh, you're at uh, Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Yes, ma'am. You're there, and not only are you there, you're president of the student body. Yes, ma'am. Well, praise God. Hey, the Lord is kind. He is good <laughs> the all the time. All the time. So it's good to have you in the studio. I'm glad to be here. And on the phone with me is Elder Angela Overton. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Wonderful. It's good to have you uh, a part of the uh, study today, a highlight today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for uh, allowing me the time and the space to be here. It's a pleasure. And uh, as I look at your bio, I, I see that you're an associate minister uh, at Green Castle Baptist Church and then also mm -hmm. at uh, Burnett Avenue uh, Baptist Church. Tell, yes, us a, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, I I love the Lord. You know, in that old adage, I'm saved and sanctified and sealed. I just, uh, the Lord has been so kind to me. You know, I'm a 
and um, the Lord has healed me from cancer, and so I really kind of have dedicated my life to walking alongside individuals who are enduring or enduring illness. And so I know what it's like to be visited. I know what it's like to be cared for and to have compassion on. And so I try to exude those things for the template. Uh, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, you know, and I work for an organization called Coalition to Transform Advanced Care based out in DC. So it's just my life work just to journey with individuals who are um, experiencing hardships. Well, we praise God for you and we thank God for all that you are doing. Uh, and you have a, a mighty testimony, uh, indeed. Uh, you both are mm-hmm. here um, as a part of this coalition, CTAP coalition. You're, you have a food drive that's coming up that uh, uh, people who are listening can uh, participate in. I uh, want you just to talk about it just briefly as we get started today. And then uh, at the end of the program, we'll talk about it just a little bit more. So would you like to share about uh, the vision for this food drive and uh, just give us a, a little bit of information? Angela, Elder Angela? Well, sure. Our food drive um, is it's going to be sponsored by AARP Louisville and SeaTac. It's Saturday, September 12th um, from 12 noon to 5 p.m., We'll be accepting uh, non-perishable food items um, at two places of worship. Uh, Christ Cathedral Phrase uh, at 711 West St. Catherine Street, and also Christ Way Baptist Church, uh, 237 East Breckenridge Street. Uh, really, we are dealing in a time of uh, COVID-19, as well as the light that it has shined on uh, systemic racism. And so we're dealing uh, not only with individuals who have chronic illness, who have advanced illness, but we're also dealing with folks who are dealing with the effects of COVID-19 as well as poverty. And so, but together uh, we can feed at minimum, we could feed the individuals that are going through hardships. There is no reason in the world, in our country where anyone should be going without food. And so we plan on Uh, at these places of worship, uh, collecting food and then distributing the food, not only within these places of worship, but this community. And so um, very excited about it. This is a a community effort. This is not an individual effort. Uh, The reason why uh, our community, if you would, um, is struggling so much is because, as you're going to talk about in the book of James, you know, we're not doing the work. So we want to do the work. We want to do it to work together. Amen, amen. Uh, well, uh, thank you. And and I know that I've already decided that I'm going to participate, that I will have food items to, uh, to present. And uh, I am just glad about what you all are doing in the city of Louisville. Um, uh, Pastor Baker, will you lead us in a word of prayer as we get started? I'm glad to. Um, Father God, we come saying thank you for being so good to us say thank you for uh, fellowshipping with us, uh, being here, meeting her, us here uh, today. We ask you to bless, bless this place, uh, bless this platform, bless this speaker, uh, bless this woman of God. We thank you for Jesus Saves Ministries. We thank you for WLOU and LOV and what they mean to this city. We thank you for being so good. We ask you now uh, for your divine intervention on anything that is pressing 
uh, in our lives. Uh, we thank you uh, for the strength to carry on. We just thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Again, welcome to Jesus Saves Ministries Live. I'm Angela Lee Price uh, with uh, Reverend Adrian Baker uh, in the studio and Elder Angela Overton uh, on the phone today. And uh, we're uh, concluding our discussion in the book of James. Uh, the lesson is entitled, Two Kinds of Wisdom. Uh, we're in James chapter 3, uh, verses 13 through 18. And then uh, we're skipping over to James chapter 5, uh, verses 7 through 12. And um, Reverend Baker, could you read the first um, section, 13 through 18? And um, Elder Angela, would you pick up uh, in James chapter 5, verses 7 through 12? As it reads, uh, the King James Version, James 3, 13 through 18. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but it is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And so I'll be reading uh, chapter five, seven through 12 from the American uh, Standard Version. And it reads, therefore be patient brethren until the coming of the Lord, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it, until it gets the early and late rain. You too be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Do not complain, brethren, against one another, so that you yourselves may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing right at the door. As an example, brethren, of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. And the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but your eyes, but your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. And the key verse Amen. is James chapter 3, verse 17. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The word of God for the people of God. Yes. Blessed be to God. Thanks. All right, so this is uh, the concluding uh, lesson in the book of James. We've been here uh, for the entire month of August. And, and of course, we've uh, kind of gone over the background of who James is, the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, last week, we talked about taming the tongue. And uh, we, we had a, a, a pretty lively discussion as we kind of <laughs> chuckled back and forth, uh, men against the women, who talks the most, okay? 
but <laughs> in that discussion, um, we we began to look at chapter three and um, a point that I made about chapter three that came out of my King James study Bible was that oftentimes uh, when they're talking about uh, taming the tongue, that that is uh, considered the uh, the theme of that section of the book in chapter three. But the study Bible is saying uh, the theme is really on teaching or teachers. Uh, and so uh, James, who is speaking to uh, the, uh, the saints who are scattered abroad, scattered in the di- diaspora, not any one particular church, uh, the, they have been under persecution. And so he's speaking to them about another, a number of things. And uh, he is talking uh, in chapter three about teaching. And uh, the theme being teachers, he said that your your tool then is the tongue. And then your source now is we're going to look in uh, verses 13 through 18. Your source then is godly wisdom. Uh, And so uh, as we get to uh, these verses, uh, what is it that's important to know? I just kind of like to summarize some of the uh, verses with just some simple statements that will help you to kind of uh, uh, kind of hone in and focus as to what is going on in the text. So as he continues to talk about uh, teaching uh, in chapter three, uh, talking now about wisdom, uh, the first thing that's important to know, James says that there are two kinds of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, he also says, uh, number two, that James says that godly wisdom is humble. So he get, begins to give a, uh, a description uh, between uh, ungodly wisdom and godly wisdom. And, and of course, the people in uh, the first century, and, and if you all want to chime in, you can at any time. Uh, people in the first century, uh, they were surrounded by paganism uh, and a Roman rule and authority. And uh, oftentimes there was a lot of violence. Uh, there was a selfishness. There was sensual uh, activity that went on, and even in in their worship of uh, pagan idols, uh, there was a sensual uh, kind of uh, uh, worship that occurred. Uh, and so he is telling the saints, "Don't look at all of that." And you know, uh, to be Christian mm-hmm. is to carry yourself in a certain kind of way. And as we talk about this wisdom, it also it kind of reminds me of the fruit of the spirit that we see in Galatians chapter five. Uh, and so uh, he talks about here at the beginning, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their, their good life. So a part of uh, what I say all the time when we come on, and it's a part of my open, uh, I love to be with people who walk it like they talk it, by faith and not by sight. And this is exactly what he is saying here. You, Your, your faith is shown by your good life the way you carry yourself by uh, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. And this is godly wisdom. You I would like to, to add Go ahead. Um, that you have to check your motives. Absolutely. You always have to check your motive. Um, am I speaking from a place of toxicity or am I speaking from a place of reconciliation, yes. of of bringing the brothers together, the brother and the sister and the siblings. I, I'm not speaking from that place. Um, oftentimes, um, when we have feelings uh, that we cannot uh, really put a pin on and say, you have to check yourself and say, what What am I really doing? So not just 
uh, the way you live your life is also always knowing yourself, being aware of what is going on in your spirit so that you can make sure that you're on that right side of the godly wisdom. You are embodying the godly wisdom and not the wisdom of this earth. Yes, yes, yes. Reverend Angela, you have anything to add? Yes, I like your point, uh, Reverend Price, about the whole nucleus of this chapter is really, like you said, the two kinds of wisdom. And so you have the wisdom that does not come from above. This is our earthly and natural and what um, James calls demonic um, in dealing with jealousy and selfish ambition. And then you have that wisdom that is from above. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's reasonable. It's full of mercy. It's, it, it's, it's good fruit. It's unwavering without hypocrisy. And if we don't have the supernatural light of God in us, we would not exude good works. And so it's no good to know things and unable to make a right application. A word that inform and heal and do good works are marks of wisdom. So true wisdom will be known by what we do, how we love uh, on our neighbors, and not only our neighbors, but those who should be our neighbors. Um, wisdom produced meekness, and meekness is what is increases uh, wisdom. You said it, that whole humility piece is a crucial component in our service to God. And so envy and strife, that opposes wisdom. And in all honesty, uh, when we go in that vein, we're walking in darkness. Yes, absolutely. And, and uh, to add what you just said, uh, worldly wisdom is, uh, is indeed selfish, is, is jealous. It causes uh, strife and division. Uh, it's prideful. Uh, it's, it's unnatural. It's, it's demonic. It's of the devil. Uh, and, and so it causes disorder. So if you sometimes you, you're in an atmosphere, you, you want to know why there's always bickering and confusion going on then we got to look mm -hmm. internally somewhere there's pride and there's selfishness and there's envy and jealousy that's, that's happening within the heart. Uh, sure. The zeal yeah. of God, but not according to wisdom. Yes. So we have people that have that zeal of God uh, that they want to do godly things. They want to have um, a say in what someone else can do. They want to have a say in, in the things of God, but they have not embodied the love of Jesus Christ. That wisdom. And uh, in, in when I talk about wisdom, I talk about wisdom, Sophia, the Logos, God yes. with us that dwelt among us. Yes. And a lot of people, they have that zeal of God. They want something. They want something religious, but they do not. Uh, they have not embodied the love of Jesus Christ. And that's why James says mm -hmm. at the beginning of chapter three that not many of us should desire to be teachers. So yeah. it, it, we're we're yeah. talking specifically about teachers, but there is application to to all believers everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so not many of us should desire to be out front to be teachers. Again, it goes back to motive. Why yeah. do you want to do this? Yeah. Do you want to be seen? Is, is this what it's about? Is, is it about the status symbol of it all to be a teacher? Uh, so not many of us should want to be teachers because uh, uh, to be a teacher is to exhibit uh, you've got to be the example of what it is you're teaching. And uh, and so you you need to exhibit a godly wisdom. And the penalties for letting or helping a brother stumble uh -huh. or sister stumble as a teacher is severe. Absolutely. There's life's on the line. It is critical 
So we have to be steadfast. We have to be rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, and if we are not, then why even go? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's and you know, go and ahead. You know, and, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I just want to jump in here. And just uh, picking back off of uh, Reverend Baker, teachers are going to incur stricter judgment. It mm-hmm. says that in the opening uh, verse. And I just want to also say we have to be careful as teachers not to be living in envy or a contentious behavior because that stirs up confusion. And you are liable uh, to, to provoke and hurry evil words. And so one sin begets another. So if our example, if our work as teachers uh, uh, stirs up strife and confusion, that we we are really operating on the side of the evil one. Amen, amen. You you, you said a you said a mouthful Mouthful. there, right? Because (laughs) because because the devil does have his teacher. Yeah, he 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 does indeed. He has his teacher. Yes, he does. Um, uh, let's 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 Mm -hmm. move over to uh, James chapter five, uh, verses seven through twelve. Our time tends to get away from us quickly. Um, in uh, chapter five, to me, I believe it's important to really take a look at the verses uh, before we get to verse seven, mm-hmm. uh, because those verses there kind of uh, puts this what he is saying here in context, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he, he talks here at the beginning uh, in uh, chapter five, beginning at verses uh, one, one through six, uh, he is talking about. The rich landlords, uh, unbelievers who are abusing uh, the poor who work for them, the Jews who work for them. And and so he he makes a warning to them. So he he warns them about the grievous things that they are doing. And so um, just in uh, verses one through six, and I'm kind of summarizing there, uh, he talks about the, 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 the rich they their wealth and they uh, fail to pay their workers their wages and they live in luxury and and self-indulgence and uh, they condemn and murder innocent men who have not done anything to them uh, so this is kind of a description and he is he's he's giving them a warning that God hears and he sees the cries of his people for justice, yes, and so he's warning the rich uh, about the things that they're they're not doing, the injustice that they're entreating upon uh, the poor uh, in, in their midst and who work for them. We've got to highlight the the third verse and that fourth verse. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and you shall and shall eat your flesh as it as it's as if it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields. My people, which is of you, kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. Amen. For for us today, that's so important for us to know uh-huh. that so many people they have we have and I'm sorry, I'm talking about the African American community. We have built this country. Uh-huh. We have labored for this country. And for this, this is a um, a warning, an omen. If you don't do right, if you don't do right at this moment, 
everything that you've gained, what profit is it? Mm-hmm. What profit is it? Yes. I do for myself uh, because of the my grandchildren. I want to make sure that when I answer those questions, what did you do, granddaddy? And then when I get to those trailer gates, when I have to give an account, some people think they don't have to give an account. Mm-hmm. When I have to give an account, I want to be be found worthy. And you know, in reading these passages, and again, they're not a part of the printed text, but in reading these passages, it makes me think about what is going on right now. Yes. You know, how 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 the NBA and how how uh, the sports uh, uh, associations have decided that they're going to to protest. They're not going to play their games, you know, and we know that there's millions of dollars that are on the line every day that they they don't play. Uh, But nevertheless, to see them step up, you know, it it just I read this and and it just kind of sent chills through my body. When you deny um, financial gain for to being in the will of Christ, Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Yes. And I, I honor those brothers and sisters. Uh, that are doing that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, uh, Reverend Angela, you have anything to add? Yes, you spoke, and both of you are speaking to it, is that God is a liberating God. Oh. When you uh, walk through the corridors of the Bible, uh, I, my, our Jesus, our God, throughout the Hebrew text, throughout the New Testament, has always came to see about the ones who were oppressed. And so it is um, as even our responsibility to look at after the nature and the character, the characterization of God and Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit. How do we respond to injustice? How do we respond uh, when things around us are going wrong? And so uh, even earlier, um, James mentions, therefore, to one who knows the right thing to do Mm. and does not do it to him, it is sin. Mm. So even our silence um, is on on the side of not being wise. It is not a characteristic of God. And so even, and you know, Martin Luther King talked this to the moderate. He said that he was more concerned of the individual that said nothing versus the KKK. Mm. And that says a lot. And so we in our communities, we have to say, if God is, is, is for a justice um, that is loving and compassionate and sincere, why aren't we? Mm. 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 Yes, ma'am. Why aren't we? Mm. But, you know, uh, as, as, as I look at this text in Chapter 5, and, and I'm, I'm so glad that this, this whole section, um, 1 through 6, is here because it makes me just appreciate James even more. Yes. Because uh, mm-hmm. to come behind it and say, now, uh, James wants his believers to be focused. He wants them to be patient in the face of suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we have, mm-hmm. it, there's a, even a question that's coming now. This, uh, uh, somebody has uh, uh put in a question and it says is it a sin to be impatient concerning godly wisdom if things are not going your way so is it a sin to be impatient concerning godly wisdom and and right here he's telling the saints to be patient in suffering so james Mm -hmm. wants the believers to be faithful and he wants them to be patient in suffering and so in these verses, and, and I'm coming to, to answer this question, you all can chime in on this question. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's saying, look at the example of the prophets 
and of Job, who persevered in suffering. So uh, many people today can say, okay, uh, we just need to be patient concerning the whole issue of police brutality. Okay. Okay. I want to say that being patient doesn't mean that you have to be passive. Oh. Let me say that again. Being patient <laughs> doesn't mean that you have to be passive. Um, what, or a doormat. Or, or a, a doormat. Door, docile or a doormat. It doesn't mean any of those things. I'm not here to yeah. say what is a sin and what is not a sin. I am not the God that can put you in heaven or hell. But what I can tell you is that you know your motive. Uh, if you are for the cross... You're going to be for the cross. If you are not for the cross, it's going to be evident. We will know them by your fruits. Uh, What I want you to know is that godly wisdom is a process. Uh, It's a working out. It's a and it's not about if it's sin. If I'm impatient, no. Talk to talk to God. Have a relationship. Job did have that relationship. God, what what's going on? I lost all my children. I lost my family. I lost lost my my house. What what's what's going on? It's not moving fast enough for Job. The next day would have been the expectation, but that didn't happen. So it's not a sin to be impatient, but it it is a sin if you do not go and talk to your father that loves you. Hey Amen. Uh, does that answer your question? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Uh, and so again, our time is getting away from us. That that right there should should just whet your your appetite to get into the study and be prepared uh, as you go to Sunday school this weekend. Amen. And I want to thank my guests who who have uh, just uh, given wisdom to this whole study. Uh, Reverend Adrian Baker, thank you for being here. Thank you. And Reverend Angela Overton, thank you as well. Uh, I'd like for you to share just a little bit in the last couple of minutes that we have, again, to talk about uh, the uh, CTAP food drive that's coming up on September the 12th. Angela, you want me to take it? In all honesty. Okay. Well, how about you since I opened it? Okay. (laughs) And I've been talking all this time. Um, So for CTAP, it is a beautiful uh, thing uh, when a a company says that we want to partner with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about works and faith without works being dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about James. Um, in Smoketown, where my church resides, uh, we are in a food desert. Yes. We, we lost Kroger. We lost Pick Pack. We mm-hmm. lost Save-A-Lot. Mm-hmm. We, where can we get fresh food? Mm-hmm. And so SeaTac, along with AARP, uh, partnered with us and said, we want to do a food drive. We want to do something. And we have, during COVID, our church has had to uh, do a modified uh, pantry, mm-hmm. we, we a makeshift pantry, uh, just to meet the needs of some of our uh, most acute members that are dealing with uh, advanced care and, and dealing with uh, really strong uh, issues uh, that are going on. So CTAC said, let's partner with churches that are already doing the work and enhance the scope of what they can do so we can meet more people. And it has alleviated a lot of the stress that we've been, because we balling on a budget. Yes. We balling on a budget. So I'm thankful for SeaTac um, and the Interfaith and Diversity Work Group doing this Louisville pilot. We need it so much, and we're so thankful. Hey, man, we got to give a big shout-out to AARP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> because of AARP, we want to shout-out to Scott. Scott Wagoness. 
he, I, I just love me some Scott. Uh, he, he, he is doing a good work. Uh, you're going to hear much more about uh, this food drive that's coming up on uh, September 12th. Again, give 12 us the... 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And both churches again. Uh, mm-hmm. se- it's uh, Christ Cathedral of Praise at 711 West St. Catherine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also Christway Missionary Baptist Church where uh, Pastor Thomas Baker is my pastor at 237 East Breckenridge Street. All right, uh, Reverend Angela, I'm going to give you the last word. Listen, we have the opportunity to do a good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the opportunity. Uh, CTAC just believes in meeting people where they are. Uh, you have individuals that are dismayed, afraid, uh, lonely, and hungry, uh, and dealing with uh, the circumstances of life. We have an opportunity to be uh, the hands of Jesus, the arms of Jesus. We are in a moment where we cannot touch. So how do we touch? We touch by lifting um, our friends, our sisters, our brothers, um, even our enemies and our foes. Uh, We are no respecter of person because God is no respecter of person. And so the grace that God has extended towards us, we have the opportunity to extend towards others. And so uh, out of your abundance and even out of your own needs, if you would, this is an opportunity to assist and to help those who are less fortunate than we are. Uh, God is going to ask us when we get to that gate, you know, uh, who did you close and who did you feed? Mm -hmm. And he's going to say, when you have done it to the least of these, you have done it also Mm -hmm. to me. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. And so this occasion, and this is just the first occasion. I haven't had a chance to get into the next one because in October, we're going to do an essential drive. We're going to collect soaps and deodorants and lotions and things that, um, hygiene products, so many things uh, for the well-being. We want to um, do a good work in our community, not only even just because God requires it of us, but because God has been so good to us, and we have an opportunity to show that same goodness and grace. Oh, thank you, Reverend Angela Overton. Thank you, uh, Reverend yes, Adrian Baker. Thank you, Reverend Price. Thank you both, yes, and thank you thank all you. for listening mm-hmm. today. Uh, that concludes this edition of Jesus Saves Ministries Live. Be sure to go out and uh, be the hands and feet of God in the earth today, mm-hmm. and tell somebody Jesus saves. Yes. God bless. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Jesus Saves Ministries Live with your host, Minister Angela Lee Price. This program is sponsored by the Live Conference Suite at 2001 West Broadway, your facility for small group gatherings. To book our facility, go to our Facebook page at the Live Conference Suite to invite Minister Angela to speak at your event or to reach her guests, email at JesusSaves838 at gmail.com or by phone at 502-415-1001. Feel free to join Jesus Saves Group on Facebook at Jesus Saves Ministries, L-O-U. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at JesusSaves838. Until next week, keep sharing saving grace of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody to the utmost Jesus saves. The following program is paid for by Life Conference Suite.
Your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to feed the hungry, lift up the downtrodden, do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly before God to proclaim the good news that Jesus saves. Welcome to Jesus Saves Ministries Live, the ministry that dares to declare to the utmost Jesus saves from the penalty, the power, and soon the very presence of sin. And now, here's your host, the founder of Jesus Saves Ministries, Minister Angela Lee Price. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to another edition of Jesus Saves Ministries Live. I am your host, Minister Angela Lee Price. I'm so glad that you are listening today. Be sure to uh, text someone, call someone, and tell them that we are on the air. Tell them Jesus saves. Uh, Sisters and brothers, it is a beautiful day today. The Lord is shining in our hearts. Yeah, it's a little gloomy on the outside. Yeah, it is rainy, but God is good. We're so glad that you're here today. We are starting a brand new season of Sunday School Lessons, and uh, we hope that you have uh, purchased your books. Um, I um, am looking at the Precepts for Living. I just uh, purchased my Precepts for Living, and actually this is the 50th year for uh, a black excellence through Precepts for Living uh, commentary through uh, Urban Ministries uh, Incorporated. And so we hope and pray that you will consider sponsoring or uh, purchasing from uh, UMI because um, they've been around for 50 years and they are black owned and we're happy about that. Amen. Amen. Um, I've got a stack of precepts for, for living books from over the uh, years and I almost got an encyclopedia work, uh, set of them. So uh, I do and I have um, a supported uh, UMI over the years, even though last year was an anomaly <laughs> I used the uh, standard lesson commentaries. And, you know, I've already told the stories about how uh, uh, Lifeway were virtually giving away tons of those books. And so I grabbed them up and tried to share them with as many people as possible. So I hope you were blessed uh, by the standard commentary. That's a good commentary as well. Uh, But this year I am in precepts for living for the most part. Uh, I do tend to jump around. So we're happy that we're starting a new season, a new quarter. Uh, We're in the fall quarter this year, and it's going to be all about love. The overarching theme is love one another. That is the theme uh, for this next 13 weeks. And uh, for this first unit of study, um, issues of love is the theme. So love one another is the theme overall. But for this unit, less issues of love. And we're going to be looking um, taking a journey with Joseph. You know Joseph in the Bible, right? Yeah. Uh, the issue with Joseph is of sibling rivalry. You know, he was uh, his father's 11th born child, but he was the favorite son of Jacob, right? And uh, his brothers hated him because the father, Jacob, favored him. And so we're going to talk about that. Have you ever uh, experienced sibling rivalry. And uh, my guest today is actually my producer. He's going to chime in. You know, he's been uh, handing us these uh, questions for the past, uh, about the past three weeks or so. And so I thought uh, to include him uh, in this very first uh, uh, episode uh, for the new season. How you doing, uh, Vince Grace? How are you? 
Praise God. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. Glad to be here. And I thank you so much for agreeing because I looked at the text and I said, oh, this is quite a bit of text. And I'm here uh, rolling soda today. So I want to have uh, Vince to read a little bit today. Uh, and he is a man of, of he studied. He studied all through all last year um, here with us. And he studies at his church. Of course, he is a member of. So you want to shout out your church? <laughs> New Morning Star Baptist Church, where the pastor is Broderick Purvis. All right, all right. And, and so I do know that they are very uh, uh, adamant about studying Sunday school. And we were talking about uh, getting our books of the past few days. And my book just came in the mail uh, last night. And so I'm happy to have that. And also, I did order the uh, Precepts for Living Pastor's Edition sermon outlines. And so I'm kind of checking that out as well. Uh, and so uh, I'm just tickled pink about uh, Sunday school and about being able to start uh, this new uh, quarter. And so we're going to be talking about Joseph. We're going to be talking about sibling rivalry. And maybe you have not experienced sibling rivalry, but maybe you've experienced co-worker competitiveness. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, maybe there's been a uh, situation where um, say the boss uh, seemed to favor one person over the other, and uh, that has caused competition. Maybe that's something that you have experienced. How did you handle that? You know, uh, just uh, what would be uh, the best way to handle that? These are kind of some of the things that I want you to be again thinking about as we talk about uh, Joseph and the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 37 today. Um, you know, I'm just thinking um, I am the oldest of three, and um, my brother and I, we are a close in age, and I don't think that we were ever competitive or there was any rivalry coming up. Although when my sister, who was six years younger than me, when she came and she was born, uh, she and my brother, they used to pick on one another. So I don't... I really don't think that was rivalry. It's just that they love to just kind of pick with each other. Uh, sort of like certain people do around here sometimes. <laughs> they just pick with one another. And then one would say, hey, uh, my sister Jackie would say to me, hey, uh, Angela, Michael's messing with me. And then I have to go tell Michael, Michael, stop it. And then he'd say, well, she started it. You know, so we had that kind of thing going on when we were children. Uh, but we're going to talk about this issue of uh, sibling rivalry and uh, jealousy because that's really what's at the core uh, of it all. And then here's another question I want to ask. And um, uh, feel free to chime in, Vince, if you got uh, anything you want to say. Let me. Here's this question. Is jealousy at the root of the violent crime that we're experiencing? Do you think that jealousy is often at the root of the violent crime that we're seeing that's so prevalent, not only in our city, but just across the America today. Uh, I, you know, I'm just asking that out loud to anybody who wants to, to give us a call at uh, 571-1240. Jealousy. You know, I think that it can build up and, you know, you can, you can then begin to hate somebody. You can then begin to want to throw them in a pit. Okay. Well, most of the time, you know, the the bottom story of it is that 
the situation can cause for someone being jealous. Uh-huh. Then you have envy. Uh-huh. You have strife. Yes. And it's like they will go to the utmost to to destroy you. Yes. Why people are like that? Why are we like that? That that's a million dollar question. And it sounds like those spirits, those those evil spirits run in packs. So where you where you see jealousy, you might see envy or strife or, or contention or or, or or these other spirits. Uh, but yeah, that's just something to think about as we uh, get into the lesson. I am going to go ahead and open with the word of prayer, and uh, then we're getting into Genesis chapter thirty-seven today. Genesis chapter thirty-seven. You want to uh, open your Bibles or, or open your Bible apps? We'll be in Genesis chapter 37, uh, verses 2 through 11, and then we're skipping to 23 and 24, and then 28. And after prayer, we'll get into the text, and, and I'm going to have Vince to uh, assist me in reading today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your love. Father, we love because you first loved us. You gave us your only begotten son who died on the cross that we might have everlasting life. So we thank you for your love. Thank you for the demonstration of that love in Jesus. Father, help us to learn to love uh, and to experience your love in deeper, profound ways. Help us, oh Lord, to understand just how wide and how high and how long and how deep is the love of God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're in Genesis chapter 37. And our uh, text is entitled Issues of Love. And I am going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I am going to read verses 2 through 9. And Vince is going to pick up at verse 10 and 11 and then skip over to 23 and 24 and finally verse 28. Beginning at verse 2. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flock. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives. Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Verse 3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Verse 5. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before before me. Verse 8. His brothers responded, So you think 
You will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Verse 9, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. In verse 10, and he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brother indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee and the earth? Verse 11, and his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. And we skip down to verse 23. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. Verse 24, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And we're going to skip down to verse 28. Then there passed a Mennonite merchantman, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph unto the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. All right, and the key verse is Genesis 37 and 11. But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. All right, so let's go back to the top and just talk briefly about what's important to know. Uh, with verse 2, verses 2 through 4, what is important to know? Number one, uh, Jacob loved Joseph more than his brothers. And number two, Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. Um, and so here's just a little bit of context about uh, what has happened here early in uh, Joseph's life. Jacob breaks with the tradition of who would be his heir upon his death, and he selects not his firstborn son, Reuben, but Joseph. And this selection was due to Joseph being born to Jacob in his old age. And it's also due to the fact that uh, he was born to his favorite wife, uh, who is Rachel. And remember uh, that uh, Jacob, Jacob was tricked into marrying not Rachel. He wanted to marry Rachel, but he had worked seven years to marry Rachel. Uh, and Laban, the father, tricked him into marrying the other sister, Leah. And we know that in this uh, situation, in this marriage, Leah was the one who was more fertile. So Leah bore uh, children to Jacob, but Rachel, he eventually married Rachel. Rachel stayed barren for quite some time. And then she was able to uh, produce a child, Joseph. And then she had a second child, Benjamin. So that is kind of the context here. And uh, Joseph's new elevated status. So his father favored him uh, as a child. And so this status of his uh, caused the other brothers to, to hate him. They were jealous of his position. And uh, Joseph wore this coat. His father went out and purchased this coat 
of many colors. And he gave it to him. And and so uh, Joseph wore this coat and he had this coat on even when he was telling this dream about uh, these bundles of grain and how uh, their bundles of grain would fall down to his bundles of grain. And, you know, they immediately interpreted the dream right. So what do you think that uh, uh, you're going to be king and we're going to bow down to you? So they hated him. Uh, but they hated him from the start because apparently, if you go back to verse uh, 2, it appears that he was a tattletale. Uh, his, uh, Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things that his brothers were doing. <laughs> that right there started it all, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. So... Uh, that's what kind of really is at the core of this, man. We can't trust you to be with us. Uh, because, and you know, and I can say this, that my baby sister who I love, we would go to the store. My mother would send me to the store, okay? And I'm older, six years older, right? So as a teenager, she's with me, but she's, what, seven, eight years old. She's little, and she says, oh, you know what mama said? Mama said, don't you talk to any boys. And I'm just going to the grocery store to pick up some bread. She's going with me. Somebody says something to me. Just hello. Just innocent conversation. I'm going to tell mama. And sure enough, I had to give her some candy to keep her from telling mama. So I understand this situation right here. Joseph doesn't get off the hook. <laughs> he started it all. But nevertheless, his father, Jacob, loved him. And, and favored him over his other children. You know, and so what do we say about that uh, to our parents concerning their children? And we're talking about love. I think that we should learn to love each child uh, equally and, and yet independently because each, each child is different. You know, you got one child that's going to be very outgoing. One's going to be very introverted. And you need to... Figure out how to love each child so that they can feel that they're receiving uh, proper love from their parent. Amen. Amen. And so uh, this is kind of what is going on here uh, as to why the siblings uh, are jealous of their brother. All right. So now let's look at verses 5 through 11. Um, uh, what is important to know from those texts, from those verses? Number one, Jake, uh, Joseph has... Not one dream, but two dreams. And then two, sharing his dreams causes drama. So he shares his dreams and it brings about more drama. So what is going on in these uh, verses? Uh, there is a saying that goes, only a fool tells all that is on their mind. Well, Joseph tells his brothers of a dream that he had only further revealing his superior status over his brothers. And in Joseph's dreams, he is not just elevated over his brothers, but his brothers are made to bow low, bow down to their younger siblings. And it's bad enough that the brothers had to deal with a tattletale. Now they encounter a, a story where their subject status to Joseph is intensified. And so this makes them hate him all the more. So it is a dream of rule and dominion in which Joseph is the ruler and his brothers are subjects that pay homage to him. 
And Joseph's dream reinforces in words what his coat of many colors uh, visually symbolized, that Joseph was a special child and he had a special uh, a purpose um, in his future. It is not only that the words of the dream that angered uh, Joseph's brothers, but also it was the tone in which Joseph shared his dream. Joseph is proud of the dream and the position that it puts him in, and Joseph makes sure that his brothers know this. So Joseph's brothers hate him all the more, and love can be painful when words injure others intentionally or unintentionally. Yes, we know that was all in God's plan. Uh -huh. But at that particular moment, was Joseph supposed to tell his dream? I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but but right. this does yeah. say something about telling your dream. You know, some people are going to hate you. And, and what is for you is going to be for you. I guess he could have kept it quiet. And it could have played out anyway because it was a dream from God. Uh, it could have played out in some other way. But I, I believe that, honestly, I believe that he was supposed to tell it because this is how it was going to play out. Um, what do you think? You know, I, I just asked myself a hard question. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like you said earlier, I don't know if he was, you know, proud and boastful. Guess what kind of dream I had? Uh-huh. You all going to be doing this? Well, in, in a way, I'm just paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. And you all going to be doing this, and then I'm going to be standing all over you all. I'm going to be doing this. I don't know. Was it the way he said it or because they didn't receive it well? Right. And that's kind of how the text is implying it. That's how uh, uh, this commentary is implying that. And it could have resulted from the fact that he knew his brothers didn't like him, you know, and he wanted to fit in and he wanted to be liked. So when he had this dream, his first inclination was, I'm going to go run and tell them what's going to happen to me because, you know, you, you think I'm a tattletale and you don't like me and, you know, you all are trying to ostracize me. Well, here's what's going to happen. Here's what happened in my dream. Could be. Uh, it, this is just another way of thinking of this text. You know, we've kind of thought of it in a more traditional way without putting this emphasis on emotion. Uh, and, and now that we see, you know, this whole issue of him uh, talking too much coming out and his brothers ostracizing him and they're jealous of him, uh, you know, I can see that his tone could have been problematic. Amen. Amen. And so uh, this is a really good lesson to get into. Um I know our time is short as it always is. I do want to tell you what is important to know in the uh, very last section, uh, 23, 24, and 28. Uh, Joseph's brothers throw him into the pit. And Joseph's brothers sell him to traders from Egypt. And you know, Egypt is in Africa. And Joseph ends up going to that most uh, prosperous nation in the whole world at the time. And as we know, the, the rest of the story, he does eventually uh, rise up. After coming out of the pit, he goes to the palace and uh, he uh, takes a very prominent position. And uh, he's able to help his brothers uh, uh, during a, a, a very horrific time in their lives. He's able to help them. Uh, here's one thing. It talks about this 20 pieces of silver. 
that Joseph's brothers sold uh, Joseph for 20 pieces of silver. And, and where do we hear about uh, 20 pieces of silver? Who sold, who, 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 who did, who gave 20 pieces of silver? Who was given 20 pieces of silver? Um, Judas betrayed Jesus for 20 pieces of silver. Just thought that was interesting. So we're going to uh, take a pause right here. And we hope that you will get into this text and talk about this issue of sibling rivalry. You know, how can we squash it? And if it's not squashed, what could happen? Uh, you know, and so uh, does jealousy eventually lead to uh, violence? Uh, this is Angela Lee Price with Vince Graves today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Jesus Saves Ministries Live. Right now, the health and financial security of older Americans are on the line. That's why AARP Kentucky is fighting for your voice to be heard. AARP Kentucky wants to make sure you know all of your voting options and that all Americans can vote safely, whether they choose to vote from home or in person. To learn more about your voting options, visit aarp.org forward slash KY votes. You know, the need for food remains high for our sisters and brothers hit hardest by COVID-19 pandemic. But together, we can help fight hunger in Louisville. Thanks to a partnership by the Coalition to Transform Advanced Care, local West Louisville churches are holding a food drive for those most in need. Louisville Faith Community Volunteers are accepting your donations of canned goods and other non-perishable food items on Saturday, September 12th. Your donated food items will be accepted from noon until 5 p.m. at these two locations. Christ Cathedral of Praise on 711 West St. Catherine Street and Christway Baptist Church at 237 East Breckenridge Street. Let's help each other by reaching within to reach out on September 12th, beginning at 12 noon. Helping each other during this pandemic is what we do in Louisville. Learn more at aarp.org forward slash Louisville. That's aarp.org forward slash Louisville. And we're back to Jesus Saves Ministries Live. Thank you so much for listening today. Our very first uh, lesson of the new fall season. And uh, we're just talking a little bit about just jealousy that uh, could turn violent because it does turn violent in this text. Uh, this is exactly what happens in verses 23, 24, and 30, and 28. Um, the brothers, they tear the coat off of Joseph, you know, in a, in a violent rage, and they throw him in a cistern, in a pit. And as I was reading about a cistern, the cistern, uh, has a narrow top, but it has an, a, a bigger bottom, and it's deep, so it's hard to get out of that type of a pit. So they throw him in a pit, and they want to kill him. And so this is the violence that has now escalated from jealousy now to, to physical violence and now wanting to kill Joseph. And so they throw him into the pit, and uh, they then, uh, because of Reuben, he says, no, let's sell him. Uh, so they sell him to these uh, slave traders, and the slave traders carry Joseph away to Egypt, and they sell him again. So this once favorite son is now a slave in a foreign land, and it would be years before Joseph would see his brothers again. And when Joseph sees his brothers, he's no longer a slave, but he is an official of Egypt. 
And so uh, God was good uh, to Joseph there. And so we just thank all of you for listening. We appreciate you uh, listening to the highlights of Jesus Saves Ministries Live for two years. We're now heading into our third year uh, of uh, bringing you these highlights. And, and we praise God for all of you. We thank you for your comments. We thank you for your support. And uh, you can always find me um, on Facebook. It's my platform of choice uh, at uh, Jesus Saves Ministries Louisville in the uh, group Jesus Saves Ministries Louisville. So we encourage you to come there. And uh, we're there every day of the week with posts. Uh, It's a very active group. We pray. um, And so all sorts of things to lift up Jesus Christ and to tell everybody that he's saved. So thank you, Vince Graves. We appreciate you much for all that you do to assist us with the program week after week. And uh, that is it for me, Angela Lee Price. Be sure to go out, uh, share some love with someone, and talk about this lesson today. And we pray that you will tell them Jesus saves. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for listening to Jesus Saves Ministries Live with your host, Minister Angela Lee Price. This program is sponsored by the Life Conference Suite at 2001 West Broadway, your facility for small group gatherings. To book our facility, go to our Facebook page at the Life Conference Suite. To invite Minister Angela to speak at your event or to reach her guests, email at JesusSaves838 at gmail.com or by phone at 502 515-1001. Feel free to join Jesus Saves Group on Facebook at Jesus Saves Ministries, L-O-U. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Jesus Saves 838. Until next week, keep sharing saving grace of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody to the utmost, Jesus Saves.